Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm Joel here with Dad. And I'm Rick. What are we going to talk about today, Joel? I was, I have been increasingly concerned with people who just don't seem to be, well, for, okay, how do I say this? There's a lot of people that I've been seeing that they really have just not taken a tremendous amount of responsibility in life. Uh-huh. And they're sitting around depressed and they're frustrated. And then I see other people who are just taking way too much responsibility. Yeah. Uh, they just take too much responsibility. And so I want to talk a little bit about the balance of responsibility. And I, I guess the verse that I really want to kind of base it around is Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. So there's this command. He's like, I want to like this uh, encouragement. He says, I want to give you rest. And he says, but, but, but the way he says to get rest is fascinating. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I take that to mean we all have a burden to carry in life. If you're trying to live a life with no burdens, which is a lot of people these days, well, I just don't want to have the responsibility of home ownership or of of car ownership or whatever, or yeah. whatever it is. I just want to be able to play video games all day. <laughs> you're going to find yourself perpetually depressed and meaningless. Uh, Jordan Peterson talks about that. He says, take on the responsibility of life and you will find meaning. Yeah. But Jesus seems to say, ah, take the weight off, man. So there's this balance though yeah. of, of taking responsibility. And so I want to talk specifically today about responsibility. Like how do you know if you're taking too much responsibility and how do you know if you're not taking enough responsibility and it's a fine line to walk i well, think yeah well let's let's go back first of all to the context of what he was talking about you got to remember he's talking to the jewish people who've been under this weight of trying to keep the law right and he's saying okay uh your my burden is not keeping the law my yoke is easy but a yoke means you're going to be doing something as you know a yoke is what you put on an ox to yeah get it's it a big piece of wood something. you yeah. put on two oxen they use it to pull the um the plow or plow. whatever, yeah. yeah, whatever your trailer, or your your wagon, whatever. So he's saying my yoke is not the burdensome of the law. You know, he gave, he has the law of liberty. I mean, he has a law. It's you know, love one another as I've loved you. Um, so what he's he's talking to these people who've been burdened by by for centuries under this trying to keep the law, trying to keep the law, and they had made it even more burdensome. You know, which we tend to do. We religion heaps more burdens on you. It never. Hardly ever, religion never takes them off. It always puts more on you, more requirements, more responsibilities, more limitations. And so he's saying, yeah, you know, come unto me. I've got a yoke for you. So that's what you're saying. There are responsibilities, but my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I, I remember hearing years ago, some guy said, he, says, he said, if Jesus' yoke is easy and his burden's light and the yoke that you're carrying is heavy and not light, Perhaps you're not carrying the yoke of Jesus, the one he has for you. Maybe you're carrying other responsibilities that are other people's responsibilities. Yeah, or there's that, or I mean, if you want to take that literal analogy, or maybe you're getting, if you've ever been yoked up with somebody and you start pulling ahead, yeah. you're going to start carrying more weight. Uh, and if you get behind, like maybe out of fear, you refuse to move forward, you're going to start carrying more weight. It's the idea of keeping in lockstep with the guy that's with you yeah. To carry the weight with you. Which is, of course, him, you know. <laughs> right, right. The Lord, yeah. So so is it possible that, first of all, maybe you're carrying something you shouldn't carry. Right. Maybe it's possible you've gotten ahead of the Lord and he's like, no, no, we're not, like, back up here. Yeah. Slow down. Let me help you carry this. Or out of fear, maybe you're just, you know, you, you've met the, the dog on the leash that you're, like, trying to drag the dog forward. He doesn't want to move. Like, it's the way of the transgressor's heart in that way, right? Yeah, yeah. So... There's this element of we have to carry some sort of weight. If you're trying to find live a responsibility-less yeah. life, is you're going to find yourself 
lack of meaning. Yeah. But one of the things I've found, and again, this is something we talk about in psychology is this idea of locus of control. Uh-huh. Um, is like, how responsible am I for what happens to me in life? And a, an internal, it's pretty much shown, an internal locus of control leads to more healthy outcomes in life. Uh, external yeah. locus of control means I'm, I'm kind of a pawn of what's happening around me. I'm a victim in the, the, this thing going on around me. I'm just, I, I'm a, uh, I should have looked up the exact way to word this, but uh, I'm a, uh, I have no control over it. I have no control over it. I just have to respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas an internal locus of control says I have a say in what happens to me. Yeah. And so the challenge is, is like external locus control is very difficult to, to overcome because if you, until you have conquered that victim mindset, you always feel like you're just, well, I can't, I I don't have any say over this. People are, I just got a bad hand in life. Yeah. And then, but in an in internal locus of control can also lead you to taking too much responsibility right. for stuff that's not yours. And what's interesting is the two extremes of mental illness are what's called personality disorders, which are basically you take no responsibility. And then the other one is what it called a neurosis where you take all responsibility. I lean towards the neurosis. I can figure <laughs> out a way to, to show how this problem that's happening is in some way I'm a participant. It's my fault. Yeah. So you have these two extremes and you have people that take just too much responsibility Yeah. and it just weighs them down. And I I just think, I think of Mary and Martha, for example, Yeah. you know, the two examples, the two extremes there, you know, Mary is sitting at the feet of Jesus and being blessed, you know, and just listening to Jesus and Martha's in there working around the kitchen, which was a wonderful thing to do. And there's nothing wrong with that. But the problem was then she got ticked because Mary wasn't joining her. And Jesus said, I'm not going to take away from Mary what's here. And that can be frustrating to a Martha. I yeah. remember I was talking to your mom about that a couple of weeks ago. And she said, so what was it? Would Jesus have been upset if there was no food ready? And I said, I don't think so. You know, I mean, <laughs> but you know, as, as a Martha kind of tendency, she wants to make sure that people are cared for and that's noble. But at some point in time, when it becomes a burden to you, and you're doing it out of a burdensomeness, then you've gone beyond the gifting, the, I don't know how else to say it, the anointing, I hate to use that term, yeah. but, but the calling of God. There is a calling to serve others, but when all of a sudden it's becoming burdensome and weighing you down, and it's like, oh, I got to do Or resentful that nobody yeah. else is doing as much as I'm doing. Yeah, then you, you've crossed a line somewhere. Yeah. And, and maybe it's not in the amount of work you're doing, maybe it's just in the attitude. A lot of times an attitude is what really causes it to become burdensome, not the amount of work. Yeah, that, that makes me think of, I don't know why this verse came to mind, 2 Corinthians 9, 7, it says, each one of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And I've heard yeah. that explained that basically you're required to give, but if you find yourself giving at a level that's creating resentment in you, um, you need to check check your heart and say, what can I give without it creating resentment right now? So, uh your wonderful spouse has left dishes in the sink again, and you go, ah, oh, every time. And you're like, well. You talking about me now? No, I'm spouse? just saying in general, in general. Because <laughs> it sounds like you've been at our house. And you go, I, okay, you know what? I could clean a few of those dishes now without being resentful for it, and then I'll put it away. And then later, if there's still some, I'll clean some more. Yeah. But I think the challenge is, and this is what's frustrating to me, there are some people who, I would call them the responsibility-less people. And they walk around all spiritual. I had a, I had a guy one time. Well, I, that's true. I had to interact with. And 
we were constantly, the responsible ones were constantly cleaning up his mess while he was going around having these epiphanies from the Holy Spirit about his life. And I'm like, you're a pain in all of our rears because of your carefree, running around existence and you're creating messes all around and you just think, oh, God's just so good to provide for me. It's like, no, you've been <laughs> reckless. I've met men that are like that. They don't take responsibility for their family. People are always bailing them out. Yeah. Um, I This is brutal, but there, there, there was a, a couple we worked with internationally for a while, and the spouse died at a very young age. And the husband was always going, doing these crazy things that the Lord had told him to do it. But I watched the weight that his wife carried of it. Yeah. And he would always get frustrated, be like, why can't you trust the Lord? And she, she was the one cleaning up yeah. his mess yeah. while he went out and did these reckless things for the Lord that really created chaos. And she died at a very early age. And I go, dude, it made me mad at that guy because I'm like, your, your laziness that you name as, um, you know, just trying to follow the spirit of God wherever he leads, yeah. it creates these perpetual messes. Your wife gets forced carrying the weight of it and cleaning it up. So I tend to be, again, I'm an internal locus of control, really angry at these people that that kind of run around, run around, run around and not, they think they're taking responsibility, but they're clueless. Yeah. Well, and that I think that's a key word to there because sometimes... You know, and I'm not talking about the irresponsible people. I'm talking about the people who are generally responsible, but that just sometimes they don't see uh, the dishes in the in the sink, or they just don't see the mess. Yeah, I went from like dishes to like moving your family to you know Timbuktu and living in a hut. Yeah, Yeah. living off of faith, quote unquote. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so there, you know, there are. Yeah, it's a tough one because we, you know, as you know, we work with a lot of missionaries, and we see missionaries that are that way too. You know, I remember. We were in a church one time and there was missionaries talking about how they went out to minister to Native Americans and they got there in a snowstorm and their car ran out of gas and they were stuck in the middle road out in the middle of nowhere and going to freeze to death. And an Indian comes along, Native American comes along in a pickup truck and rescues him and they live with him in their home for, and it's like God provided, God provided. And Karis turned to me and said, wow, dad, we've never, uh, we've never had anything like that. And I said, well, maybe they wouldn't have either if they hadn't gone out there all on their own. Because they were very proud of the fact we didn't tell anybody we were going. We didn't talk to any churches. God said go, so we went. Yeah. And and, I, and how much of a burden did they become to those yeah. they were going to minister to? So this Native American folks that had their food stored for the winter, it's kind of like the, the ant and the grasshopper. You know, this ant had to feed the grasshopper because he was trusting God. And yeah. apparently the ant wasn't because he provided ahead of time. But thank God for the ant, you know. So Man, that's so... That's where it becomes challenging too, is because sometimes God will ask you to do things that look to the outside world as irresponsible. Right. I mean, even even the idea of, okay, I'll never forget Emily when she went on the mission field. Um, she had just graduated college and a loving family member of, of hers wrote her a letter that said, we are very disappointed in your decision to go ask people for money after you have an education now and you could make your own money yeah. And we are completely opposed to you going to do this thing that you're going to do. You need to become a responsible member of society and use your degree for the betterment of humanity, not go out and raise money to go do some you know, spiritual mission trip thing. It really hurt her feelings. And I was sure. like, these people don't get it. Yeah. But I also say, yeah, but I kind of get what they're saying. Like we just invested yeah. all this money in an education and now you're asking people for more. Yeah, it's, it's now, tricky. My guess is, though, this same family member would have been blessed if she was going to go out as a Peace Corps member. Well, her, they were Christians, uh-huh. but they were Methodists, so I don't know. 
I'm just kidding. Well, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, all you Methodists, you know, think of John Wesley, man. He, I know there are some good Methodists out there, but too, you yeah. Know? <laughs> I was Anyways, so in, in theory, they understood the idea of missions, but yeah, yeah it's yeah. Yeah, well, you're right. Maybe, if, but Peace Corps pays you a little bit. It's a pittance. Yeah, but, but it's but but the thing is, it's where does that money come from? It's not from the work you're doing. Oh snap! It's from the government. It's the taxpayers who are paying you to go out there and do those good deeds. Wow, know? which I mean, that opens up a whole another can of worms. The yeah. idea of is it is responsibility? Is there are some people who believe that I pay my taxes so the government can care for people and I don't have to? And I think the Christian perspective is, I get to it's up to me to decide where the money goes to give, but it takes the responsibility off of you when you for, hand all your money to the government and let them do your benevolence. Right. Yeah. Woo. Now you get me fired up here politically, but <laughs> I mean, that's a, it's a different way of looking at responsibility. Well, the government should be caring for all these poor people in our country. That's what my taxes go to do. And church, I think the true Christian mindset is I can't count on the government to do anything good. It's up to me to care for those who are in need. That's that personal responsibility. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a biblical perspective too you know you pay your taxes because that's what you do you know you you render to caesar what belongs to caesar but you render to god what belongs to god that's the other half of that and of course um you know it's interesting the first gentile that was converted or the first uh, the first gentile where we have uh, in the book of acts was a roman centurion he was cornelius right cornelius he was part of the oppressive uh roman government that had their boot upon the neck of god's people and God should have condemned him and judged him. But it says that he was a godly man, and it mentions, and he gave to the poor. Mm. He had compassion on the poor. And an angel appears to him, and he says, you know, uh, Cornelius, the Lord has seen that you care for the poor. Interesting you mentioned that, isn't it? So it was like what grabbed God's attention in heaven was that Cornelius, I mean, he tried to live a good life, and he shared. I mean, this was before he was a believer. He, didn't, he wasn't a Christian. He was just... Live, try to live a good life. And the way it demonstrated, it mentions it, is that he cared for the poor. God's heart is for the poor. In fact, you know, we always say, you can't give to God. You know, God doesn't owe you anything. But in the Proverbs, it says, he who gives to the poor lends to yeah. the Lord, and he will repay. So you can get God in your debt by giving to the poor. I mean, that's what God said. That's weird for me. It even I kind of choke even saying that, but it's Scripture. He says, if you give to the poor, you've, you're lending to yeah. me, and I'll pay you back. I don't know if you even see it as debt, as you see it as getting in line with a blessing that's already flowing. It's like you're going to get in the river when you start giving to the poor. Yeah, because it's God's heart. God's heart has always been for the poor. Yeah. And um, so therefore, you know, Emily, going to help the poor, how's she going to go help the poor if she's out working, you know, eight hours a day, 40 hours a week, and and there aren't that many poor here in the U.S., so... Yeah. yeah. So missionaries go out there and do that. And the only way they can do it is if others help. But the cool thing is if you're investing in a missionary, you are a part of their ministry and you receive the same reward they do. I think one of the dangerous things is after you, well, I kind of wonder if a lot of people that lean towards not wanting to take responsibility could become missionaries because it's an easy way to get funding for doing something good. Again, you're a couple of those. You got to check <laughs> yeah. your heart, right? Yeah. I mean, we've uh-huh. seen missionaries like, what exactly do you do? Oh, well, you know, and they're like, well, couldn't you actually get a job and do that same thing and somebody pay you instead of, yeah, yeah, but we just need to have free, we need to have freedom to go where the spirit leads. Yeah. Like, yeah, whatever. As, you know, when we became missionaries, I, I say, I saw both sides of missions. I saw the underbelly of it, that there are those out there that really, you know, they probably ought to just be getting a job because they're not doing much worthwhile anyway, and they're just getting in the way. 
but I also saw the majority are my goodness, this the 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 little inconveniences we have compared to the big inconveniences many people had around the world. You yeah. Know? Um it's just yeah, so it's an amazing, amazing thing. So, so boy, we've just taken bunny trails here, but it all what comes was the back topic <laughs> responsibility. <laughs> but it all comes back to this idea, and I think this, I think it, it touches on so many areas of life, especially yeah. with yeah. those as Christians who are called to be led by the Spirit of God. And sometimes God, the Spirit of God leads us to do things. You go, that's reckless. That's not responsible for taking responsibility to care for your family. And it is if you're doing it on your own accord. But if you're doing it in obedience, yeah, a whole other thing. Which is where it's a constant balancing act. Yeah. Um, where you're constantly having to go, Lord, what's my, and that's, and that goes back, what's that famous Reinhold Niebuhr prayer, right? Uh, God, grant me the serenity. Uh, what's it called? The serenity prayer, right? Let me, hold on. It's the, I think it's the Alcoholics Anonymous prayer, you right? You come up with the most random quotes, people. No, you <laughs> That's not a random quote, but I mean the people. I thought that was, a, what's his name? The guy with the flowers and the birds. So, no. The Francis. Thing, no, the thing is when you, uh, when you write books, you have to properly attribute quotes. So I've spent three, four hours tracking down who actually said what. And it wasn't St. Francis. No. Despite. No. What and it little... wasn't Eleanor Roosevelt. No. So God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change and courage to change the things I can, which would be responsibility, and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh-huh. That's a pretty profound prayer. I know we put it all over Hallmark's cards and kind of diluted it, Yeah, but that's pretty profound is the it idea is. of every morning, what do I need to take responsibility for today and what do I need to just trust to you? And that's where Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will take care of itself. And you, it's that live in those day-tight compartments. Like, what's my responsibility today? Yeah. And as I take responsibility for that and I let go of stuff, I I can't change that. I can't, right. you know, you could fight all day long to try and change, you know, this or that or how somebody's responding to you, but you can't. You can only take responsibility for yourself right now. And what are you going to do? And that's where it's peace. It's hard to know the difference. It is hard. And it's, but that's, yeah. that's where we find that peace and balance. And it's, again, it's a day by day thing. Cause what you take responsibility for one day in the next season of life God may say, nope, that's not your responsibility anymore. I think about kids, there comes a point where you have to let them go. Yeah. And you have to trust, Lord, they're, they're yours above mine. Um, they're yours first. And I did the best I could, but man, Lord, help. From here on out, it's got to be you, Lord, because I've, I've lost my influence there in some ways. Yeah. Yeah. But he does. He's faithful in that. And that's the good thing about it. And we can count on him. But as you say, the wisdom is knowing the difference. What What is my responsibility? And what do I just need to cast upon the Lord? Thanks for listening. Please consider sharing this with your friends on the platform of your choice. For more from Joel Malm, visit joelmalm.com. For more from Rick Malm, visit rickmalm.com. Our podcast music was produced by Alex Burleson.